Hello and welcome to Geek and Biscuits. We're your hosts, Grant and Dan. Hi, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. Good, very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. It must be all these great films we're watching, That's apart from a certain Kevin Bacon one. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. So, if I say alien to you, apart <laughs> from whoa, what else comes into your head? What is the first thing? Apart from Alf. Sting, of course. <laughs> so if it wasn't Alf, what's the next thing that'd come into your head? Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. And uh, the, probably the most original um, creation for, for quite a long time. I think I think Geiger's creation for the, uh, the aliens, one of those incredibly iconic... Um, uh, pieces of, of cinema so um yeah alien that 1979 classic um well, masterpiece I would say. D- d- phenomenal and, yeah and would you would you i mean uh, we're not going to spoil all our secrets but we don't just randomly come and come up to each other and uh say oh let's do this film we do have some kind of we do um have a process of, of making sure we don't cherry pick the films we have a certain amount of films we want to talk about of course yeah um but they are to a degree randomly generated unless people yeah. ask for certain content that gets bumped up obviously because people want to see that um but do you think um that it's quite nice that it's followed on from Jaws because Jaws was 1975 then Aliens 1979 so do you think in some ways it's not a spiritual successor but it is a successor in almost like the way that we spoke about last time our tensions built how yeah. the, the crew feel real and alive and that the, the like almost impending doom is felt and it's not um not just a a really big reveal for the creature and then you know off we go flying into like generic sci-fi do you, so do you think in some ways it's almost like if i'd have said to you oh um in an alternate history that steven spielberg's directed alien um would you have felt well i can i can imagine the guy directing jaws has made this film do you know what i mean some yeah, of the trademarks yeah. some of the slow burn yeah. do you do you feel that that maybe then it's maybe come at a perfect time for us to discuss this yeah, possibly. Yeah, I do. I think. I think. I do believe that. Um, I don't know. It was Walter Hill or David Geiler who, who, when they were getting money, you know, the, the money side of things from Fox, did say, you know, this is going to be Jaws in space. I, I believe mm-hmm. I read that, that some, somewhere. It's see, you're absolutely spot on, mate. It's it, it's very much how we we talked about um, Spielberg, Tret Amity, as it as a character itself. And you had all the shots of the town and everything, and that's the same with the Nostromo. Is that you know you get the the ship becomes a character because you you know we open on so obviously you get the really nice titles and some massive in the star field and everything. Then you get the information about the Nostromo and it being a a mining vessel, um, a massive a massive mining vessel with its own refinery, Um, huge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then it, um, yeah, and then you introduce to the ship through the the corridors and the, um, you know, the the the, the spaces. There's no characters for about two two three minutes until we get to the cryo chambers. Yeah. So to have that established straight away really gives it that 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 extra depth. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just so, um, I mean, obviously, two years prior, we've got Star Wars. Yes. And the opening, after the opening crawl, we have the iconic shot of the underbelly of the uh, Star Destroyer, if I'm right, and uh, the Rebel ship. Um, So, obviously, from that perspective, for me, from uh, my limited years on this planet, or maybe not limited now but um, from my years of experience that's to me is when um you kind of look at it and think that's when they that's when the game changed that's obviously yes. yeah. when 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 people thought right not just with effects but like depth mm. being able to reach out your hand and feel like you can touch what's there like that yeah. feel that sensation of that looks real yeah, I can imagine myself being on that, and 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 I think it's I think it's obviously I said last week we obviously we watched the films we've seen some of these films so many times, um, and I think I don't know if it's just me, maybe it's just me, but with Alien, if I was I watch it with my wife, she does watch a lot of these films with me. She'd never seen Alien, um, and she was first she was like, well, what's it about? Well, I like it, and I was like, well, no, you probably won't. You have good taste in films. But is it just me, or do you ever sit and feel that, like, oh, I can't wait to watch it in again? Because the film obviously lasts for a good hour and 40, 50 minutes, but, like, and I know the film's told very methodically, very slow, very tension-building, yeah. intentionally, and it works all the more for it. But do you ever sit there and think to yourself, like, well, I, can't, I couldn't remember it all bit by bit. It's it's like, it's it's that methodical. It's that there's so many scenes where characters just sat talking to each other or sat yeah. analysing what's going off. Like when they when they first um, go on to the, um, you know, where they find the space jockey and the yeah. genre and um, Lambert, I believe. Isn't it? Yeah, Lambert. Yeah. 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 Something can't write, isn't it? Yeah, Veronica it? can't write, yeah. That's it, Veronica, yeah. Yeah, and obviously the captain. Yeah. Uh, they all go on and you've got, uh, not well, but that worked for those lingering shots of him because as the audience knows, something's not quite right with Ash once you've seen yeah. it once before. But we get a lot of those, so they don't feel out of place. So you yeah. don't go, why are they lingering on that guy? But, I suppose so much of the film is is taken up because it is is paced very methodically, but I'm it's one of those films to me like Jaws where I when if I think back and don't watch it for a good three or four years, I never seem to remember everything about it until it's actually unfolding, um, yeah. in front of my eyes again. And I think that always is a sign of a good film when it's almost to me it's like the iconic images stick with you so much. And it's not that anything else is not memorable. It's just the fact it's almost like there's more going off or more into that than yeah. what you see on the screen. So it's almost like the film's so rich that you remember the iconic scenes yeah. and everything else. That you, you're trying to like think, oh, what about that little nice scene or that conversation and, and things like you just don't remember. I mean, again, it might just be me. It might, I just might be weird <laughs> when I watch films. But I think that, yeah, yeah. I do think the same with Jaws, like I could have... I could give you a, a brief synopsis through and, and summary of the film, but like with Star Wars, I could give you a detailed, very detailed yeah. synopsis and stuff. But I think films like this, it, I think it just shows how grounded in reality they are to save like, the subject matter, especially yeah. like not just yours, but Alien. It's like it could have so easily been such a cheap B movie 
yeah like the premise of it like like an aliens aboard the spaceship i mean we were saying weren't we from um in our uh, review of the thing that um that obviously the the john carpenter's version is still yet to happen it's still three years yeah. away um but the thing was already out and that's people regard that as um like now what if that was to be remade like a, a b movie and we've had a lot of of, of, of sci-fi b movies so why couldn't this have at the time fell into the category of like yeah. remake of a b movie you know what i mean it had, it had that uh, it had those qualities that in the wrong hands it could have been that and i think it's just yeah, a testament to really scott and, and his team how detailed it, it is and that, that part of that does go to me where and that maybe is that is why that i fail to remember a lot of the little details in the film because they've just done such a good job building every little detail every little every aspect like you said the the, the set of the film that the, the the spaceship it's it is a character on itself yeah and every bit of it's interesting and we we don't barely touch scratch the surface do we of, of, of um anything to do with those guys and everything's into that we know not not really a lot about the company and and everything's built from you being in the shoes with them like if if me or you were to go working with them we wouldn't suddenly know everything about everything and there's not yeah. many um exposition dumps on people everything kind of flows naturally yeah yeah like you, you don't see the um is it is it parker and brett um yeah yeah the two yeah they're not you know when you see the crew you 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 believe them like from my point of view and we'll go into the cast now so i'm not babbling forever but like but the point going into this is that the cast when the when they all come out you don't in automatically think right main guy main character oh, we don't yeah. seem to have a, a protagonist do we straight away we seem yeah. to have the, the crew as it's as itself and the ship is is the uh protagonist it's almost like a team effort um and then the only question is obviously you've got um tom scarrett's the captain so you maybe think well he's the captain so maybe because he's the leader he's going to be the the main protagonist throughout the film and obviously that at some point um maybe halfway through the film changes but i think it's just those attention to details you get these characters like you said come out the pods and and uh brett and parker are just talking about money every every, every conversation yeah. is again happens because it should happen it's what these characters would do yeah it's not because well let me explain that 644 days ago we were you yeah, know the yeah. exposition that's told is is at the right time and in a in a like a in, in a fashion that i would expect someone to explain that to me when you know when they sit and they say why have we been awoken well because characters have been awoken that, that is that's that's when exposition should be dumped yeah or not it's not even dumped that's when it should come about and i think Maybe it's just a failure of um, sci-fi films or modern filmmaking, but it's almost like spectacle, 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 because we want to get bums on seats. Let's yeah. dump a little bit of exposition, spectacle, spectacle, whereas this is just a film done right. And um, before I, I will let you get a word in, sorry. <laughs> I, was just, um, I was just saying that um, watching it with my wife, I could tell at the first maybe 20 minutes she was not bored, but I could tell that she was like starting in, in her mind. I could see the cogs going why is, you know let's get going let something happen you know let's do it and in my mind i'm like brilliant everything's set look how good that is that spaceship look oh i can't wait to see this and and you know what kind of planet is this on and i think that's the, that's again it's that it's just the um it's just he knew exactly what to do didn't he really he, he knew exactly 
how long to stretch out the parts where nobody's speaking to each of you, how to yeah. stretch out the parts where we're looking at this. Um, I mean, well, it's a space jockey. We know nothing really about it until Prometheus yeah. in 2012. Yeah. So you know, he's, he's just very clever in how long to linger on a shot, how to build tension, because we never really go away from them, do we? We never really get a scene where we feel comfortable in, in, in any yeah. part. We're always like either interested and fascinated in what's going off. So that's probably me just a long way of telling you that it's um, <laughs> it's just everything seems so authentic, I think is yeah, probably the, yeah. the, the the phrase. And, and and we are built into the character, so we have stepped forward a little bit. <laughs> everything that I've praised Ridley for, I'm not doing myself, but it's... Um... <laughs> well, this is it. I think, you know, Star Wars hit. Um, Dan O'Bannon had done um, Dark Star with John Carpenter, which was yeah. a comedy. Um, and then he went away and wanted to do dark star as a horror film um so he written star beast um yeah which uh he was um uh, he partnered with was it ronald shusset shusset um and he you know, they wrote uh, and they, that's what became oh, alien yeah. bad yeah but um, because of star wars you know the fox were like eager to buy up any well most studios were eager to buy up any uh, sci-fi uh, scripts yeah. and Alien was the only thing that was sat on the desk so they, they quickly put it into you know, the green lit it pretty much straight away and um, it was uh, they, they got Ridley Scott off the Duelist and before the Duelist he'd only done um, adverts he'd only done advertising yeah. um, so it was only his second feature um, but he had a really good team uh, behind him, he had uh, Mobius the, the uh, French artist doing all the, the work for the human side of things, um, yeah, and then of course uh, HR Geiger, who you oh, know, his, his work's phenomenal by itself. It's so yeah. grotesque but beautiful at the same time. Have um, you seen the um, just doing to cut there talking about Geiger's influence in Alien? Um, uh, this for the new um, Xbox um, console that's being launched this um, this winter. Um, there's a new, I've, I've, off the top of my head, I do apologise, I think it begins with C, it is a horror game and it's inspired by the works of H.R. Geiger and it's like on, right. on that kind of planet. It's not alien, but it it, it looks beautiful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we'll probably like, I'll have to send you that. It's just oh, yeah. looks so, str- yeah, it's species and alien and, and stuff. Yeah. It's just all based completely on his works. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fantastic. Well, I'll check that one out. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's such a good team behind him. Um, just the, the you know model workers and uh, SFX guys, and um, obviously it's a very artistic film. And really, Scott is very artistic. So to to yeah. have him, and I think he went to art school. He was a graphic designer, I think, before he became a director. So to have him work, yeah, he was, two, yeah. two other well-established designers, um, yeah, gelled incredibly well. And you're right. He knows. He, he knew. You know, just these long lingering shots work so well. It's again, people go back and they say it's a it's a haunted house movie in space. You said it in your description um, for the yeah, team yeah. Last, last time. And you're right. It is set up just like that. Um, but I think they, uh, Walter Hill and David Geiling sort of rewrote quite a lot of Dan O'Bannon's script. Um, Dan O'Bannon had to be credited for the the writers' union. Um, yeah, even writers credit, but I think that the script was was more Guyler and Hill who put in a lot of the um, 
sort of character stuff and you know the, the, a lot of the yeah. sort of finer details and, and that um, but they for the script they kept the characters on the characters they said um unisex so yeah. they, they never went in and sort of said you know dallas is a, is a male ripley's a female you know nash is a male blah 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 they were just like no cast how you want so can you imagine having that freedom as well on a on a studio yeah. like that to sort of just say well no we're doing a a slightly artsy monster movie um yeah but have a freedom to cast whoever you want and what a, what a cast what a group you know harry dean stanton who's a well-established actor at this point um yeah 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 koto um has been a well-established actor um we'd not seen much of seagull and we went whether it's a first well, the first major role i don't know if you've been in anything yeah the car ride on a few things um ian Holm, Famous for being a stage actor, anyway. At that point, yeah. Uh, John Hurt, um, again, been famous for uh, TV and film and theatre, uh, and so Tom Tom Skerritt as well. So he, it's um, it's a phenomenal cast. So when you're working with something, you know, they all wake up. Like you said, it's banter straight away. Everything's lived in, which is what they drew from Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars works so well because we'd never seen grubby sci-fi before everything was always pristine no. silver straight lines you think 2001 when you think of pretty yeah. sci-fi yeah you know. um yeah absolutely and then the fact that they went the set design they went and and sort of did the whole the, the computer monitors that they used what switch on at the start they were older monitors than what you know computers hadn't been around that long but they still used slightly outdated monitors for the time so it looked yeah. like the ship was kitbashed together so it was more believable. I love stuff like that. I love yeah, that, yeah. that much thought and detail went into. Yeah. yeah if, there's only the sets are only. Um, there's the uh, derelict spaceship and yeah. the planet itself, and then the rest of it's in the Stromo. So you have to really build into that that believability. Of course you do. You know, and if you can yeah. have a, a labyrinth of corridors and um, you know, sort of uh, hallways and. Uh, and even that, the engine, the engine room where they keep these giant vehicles, it's only like from a, a couple of times in, I watched it where you know, when, um, uh, is it Brett, when he's looking for Jonesy, you know, he lets him go yeah. and look at giant, giant metal doors, you've got all the dangling chains, but there's some big, big mining vehicles in there that you only sort of get a glimpse oh, of. Oh, huge, yeah. The fact, the fact that they're there, you know, that they put that detail in, they could have just not done it in that part of the ship they could have gone in any course, part of the ship yeah. to do that scene but the deal was the fact that they went to the trouble of building these giant things just to say this world to you know, to you is real yeah yeah i think lived in what you just said is is perfect to describe it yeah i think wherever you go on that ship if you if you take several screen caps or pause the film in several places in in specific areas like you said, I think you will see a lot of a lot of work that's gone into the sets. Things that that, by all accounts, we might take a few a few viewings to even notice them. Yeah, and I think it, again that shows somebody that really cared about what they were telling. Like you said, really cared about the the things that we may not even not even question ourselves that maybe only diehard fans will will maybe go well okay what's that doing that's that that ships for mining okay is it for this we'll have these few questions <laughs> it would there be that many directors then especially at the time who would have who'd have even put anything like that in who would have maybe so. not even thought 
No, no. Everything was just like you said. It, it, again, it's it's almost like the fly on the wall um, aspect of movie making, where if you if we were to drop the camera and count it as a documentary, I said it about Jaws, didn't I? It, yeah. it does feel that that town is real. That if you left that camera there, they wouldn't go cut at any time. You would believe they all lived that island, and I think yeah. you would believe that these guys really um, did all work together on that ship. Yeah, and everything on that ship, it never felt like a set, does it? You know, I never sat there and thought this is impressive. I thought to myself, like, this is good. And the more I, I looked at the film, and the more you get into it, the more you go, you just believe it. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's all right having it's all right having those visuals at first and going, wow. Like I think the first thing I said to my partner, my wife, I was like, that's impressive, isn't it? That 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 spaceship. I was yeah. like. That's 1979, and that that's fantastic. Yeah. But it's not never that jaw dropping moment because I think it's almost like everything's too lived in, and I don't mean that as a negative. I mean it as a positive. So it's never it's never really because I think maybe sometimes with visuals, there's some there's like sometimes visuals are made or there's a certain shot, and you think, wow, it almost takes you out of the movie because it's so impressive you go yeah how did they do that that's incredible oh my god and suddenly you're not focusing on the film and i think that again like you said with maybe ridley scott knowing how long to linger on shots is it the same has he got the same mindset when it comes to scale scope and everything like wow that's just right okay that's perfect but we'll show it off or show it off in this way or or frame it in this way so you keep up so people will be impressed but they will it will almost be like a subconsciously impressed like when you discuss it afterwards you'll be thinking about how good it was but you'll nothing will detract from the actual story that's being told so yeah i mean it's it's, again it's it's the design it's it's it's, everything's nothing's wasted is it everything's there everything has a purpose um, and unlike a lot of flashy sci-fi where you can have a, a, a backboard of a million lights blinking and twinking and, and little screens going and people looking at them like, mm, yes, I look like I know what I'm looking at. <laughs> you know, in this, much like yeah. Star Wars, switches get you know, flicked and stuff gets turned on. And it's a bit like, I think it's when, um, obviously, they, they land on what later we find in, in Aliens, they call it Lethal 26, uh, and... You know, they, they damage the ship because um, yeah. the landing gear doesn't sit right, does it? Um, no. So they're talking about, like, fixing how long have they got and, you know, Brett and Parker are, like, extending their hours as much as they can. But when Ripley goes down to check out, she's like, oh, I'm coming down. And they're like, oh, what's she coming down for? You know, it's like, she, they've said what they need to say. They don't need her opinion. You know, and Ripley comes down. No, but they're messing with events. And it's all that steam yeah. coming out from somewhere. And it's like, you think, oh, God, this shit must be pretty fucked if all that's happening. It always, is that hydro? Yeah. You know, is it about the hydraulics? Is it, what is it? What's causing this problem? And it's the fact that when she walks away, they turn it off. And they're just being dicks. Yeah. 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 And it's those, yeah. again, it's back to those lovely little character moments where, and they've been thought out, you know, they've been thought out. Um, uh, and, it, and it's only when I think you really, even when you get to LV426 and you, you see, you can't see a lot because we see the the video feeds from yeah. uh, the spacesuit. Um, but when you get that wide shot, that establishing shot of the derelict spacecraft, it's not just a flying saucer. It's not just something we've seen before. It's a, an entirely new vessel, and it's it's an alien vessel. It's you know the the thought that's gone into yeah. it is 
it wouldn't function the same or you know it, it definitely wouldn't be designed the same as yeah, exactly what, what we're used to um you know and, and even star wars which i absolutely we both we both adore star wars there's not many there's no sort of distinct alien ships everything's sort of fairly recognizable which is not a problem yeah, for Star Wars, yeah. that's, the, that's the universe they built up. But obviously for Alien, it's, it adds to that mystery, the fact that it's just being abandoned yeah. on this, this ridge of this cliff. And when they enter it, the interior is all, it's almost like, it's like bone, it's resin, it's there's something yeah. completely otherworldly to it, which is completely apt. You know, it, it makes it's design, so much sense. And to get into the big... Sort of, you know, the, the big chamber, which you know, is the, the cockpit chamber, and this yeah. giant thing, this giant sort of elephant, sort of snouted skeleton with its chest burst open. Just even further to that, Mishkus, there's, there's such a big sort of biomechanical look to it. So, you know, that's when the audience starts thinking, well, that's huge. It's dead. Yeah. Something's killed it. If something killed that, then we've got something to worry about shortly. You know, it's it's you know, yeah, it's, it's the threat level goes up a notch, yeah. doesn't it? With that, it's... but then you get yeah, and Kane descends down into the the egg chamber, um, and again, there's just these thousands of eggs, yeah. And then the but yeah, that that sense, and I think people tend to, I, I don't think I don't think they miss it. I think it's just one of those things people don't tend to remember, is that it's got that laser field. It's yeah. got. You know, there's there's something like a layer of like mist, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is it like keeping them? At, I don't know if it's is, is it keeping them at a temperature? Is it is it, is it keeping them safe? Is it? No well, one knows. Who knows? Yeah, but it's it's just yeah. another. It's an extra layer, and he says when he breaks it, it makes a noise. So whether that's you know that would initiate a, an alarm if the ship was up and running, or you know, so already you've got questions of why is that ship there? What's that thing in the pilot's chair? Why is it carrying all these eggs? Are these eggs to do with that creature, or is it something else? And it's all yeah. these layered questions. The mystery just really, the mystery box just you know it explodes straight away. And then King looks at the egg, and yeah, it's amazing special effect as well that nobody really gives enough credit for. And it's not just it pops out of the egg how it opens. It's got that like layer of skin almost i don't know if it's the face huggers like it's the center of it that's at the top i don't think it is but it's like got that fleshy part over the top yeah, it's got so when brain. it first opens yeah. he pops his head yeah yeah and it's it's um before it jumps out so again it's that another little shot of rather than them like again i've always said it before like lifting the skirt straight away to show everything it's like that, yeah. another little tease of like let's let's yeah. drag these people in further do you know what Definitely. I mean? And from a biology standpoint, it's an alien creature. It's an alien. Yeah. Well, we don't know what it is. It's an alien egg, but uh, like it just again, it makes it's that extra bit of care to make this world be more believable. Yeah, definitely. It's that it's the whole thing that Kane shines a light on it, and you can see something's moving inside. Yeah, it. and then and then it almost like it's it's like petals, isn't it? It's sort of petals yeah. that were open forming. So there's something otherworldly, but you know, it takes its time. It doesn't just you know open and like you said, something doesn't just jump out. It's very slow. It's very it, yeah. it makes you. I think this is the design of it. Is that naturally if something open like that? Quite general, and, and we know that the only other thing that we're aware of opens like that is a flower. 
you know, you yeah. would be intrigued. If something didn't jump out at you and open really quick and everything, you probably would be intrigued to go and stick your face near it. I wouldn't yeah, say, <clears throat> Prometheus, I wouldn't say you take your helmet off <laughs> you know, and start wandering around and, and, you know, and try touching water, you know, weird alien snakes and stuff like that. But, you know, oh, there's, there's that caution. And, and John Hurt plays it really well because he's taken her back. He sort of slips and yeah. he's taken her back and everything. But then he cautiously looks forward. And then that, yeah. that shot, such a quick edit you know straight on his face and and then we're back to you know them on the uh, the uh, dallas uh uh obviously kane sort of unconscious and uh sort of um lambert are trying to get back in the yeah. ship and ripley quite rightly um being the one left in charge as warrant officer saying because of quarantine protocols they, they can't do anything about it and this is where the yeah, tension absolutely. starts and it's really nice that you yeah. got. She's already Ripley's already got tension with Brett and Parker. They already don't like yeah. her. You get Ripley's very by the book and by the numbers. So by not allowing you know these guys back in, um, she's just doing a job. But then Ash takes over as science officer, and lets them through, and that's where you start layering very very finely, layering your little you know your little seeds about Ash. You know, if he's a science yeah. officer. If he's the science medical officer, then surely he should be sticking up for Ripley and saying, "No, quarantine's an absolute must." Yeah. So it does look it early on lays those little seeds about. Absolutely, his but I think that's really good because when Ash does let them in, we get that nice scene, don't we? Which doesn't come straight after, but it comes a little while after, where Ripley goes and confronts Ash about it. Yeah. And yeah. again, Ripley's just probing at the time, isn't she? And obviously she's not to know what we find out about Ash later. Yeah. But Ash gives that explanation, which does kind of justify his action. So as an audience, like watching it for the first time, because obviously my wife was watching it for the first time, I would have no clue. So I was watching like her reactions to Ash, how he was behaving. And yeah. I could tell she was like, well, I don't trust him, him, him. Like all the time and I was thinking, yeah, him. <laughs> <laughs> so um, again, that was really nice though, because he did make a like, his reasoning is what you would maybe find somebody like if he was went on to be the hero or went on to be yeah. one of the survivors and he went and then helped again went like broke the rule book to to save somebody else then it then that would be great it, it back up all of his actions and he and he did give a yeah. almost human response to it which is obviously yeah. quite ironic um so it was again really well played and i do like those films where you're figuring out your your team because at the moment like we said there's no one really outstanding protagonist and we're trying like you said we started to get like two assholes below we're like just money yeah. grabbing <laughs> do you know what i mean that's it. Um, you're a good way in sort of team. i was saying you're a good way in it and yet if you knew obviously you know in the film that you know it's ripley who who goes on you know sort of, sort of franchise keeper but you wouldn't at that point assume that ripley would be anything other than alien fodder because she's yeah, said no, to be a little, little bit well, by the book, characters say, often aren't looked you don't at like, as yeah, quite Normally, like, we're looking yeah. at rule breakers that we like. Yeah, yeah. That's it. By the book, you think you're a bit of a dickhead, really. You know, and yeah, it's you know, put your cat down, fuck off. You know, it's that sort of that sort of thing. But <laughs> Jonesy is the main one. <laughs> yeah, the cat survives. Jonesy um, in space. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, and I think that this sort of building to that, you know, the, the, then there's the sort of scientific approach of. You know, Kane has got this thing 
flesh to his face. None of them know what to do about it. You know, none of them have got the first that idea. First shot's great, isn't it? When you, it looks like it's almost melted away is his helmet yeah, but then when they cut it off it, it is actually the organism because we don't see that until then do we so that's it it's like i i often thought that the the stuff around it was almost like a gel to protect him yeah. from the atmosphere it would be like a, it's almost like an airbag yeah it, it sort of forms around everything around it apart from where the the facebook is attached yeah. But yeah seeing that come off and then cutting that and cracking it open and everything um, and how that when they do try and remove it, you know, it tightens around his throat. So it's the only yeah. thing to keep him alive at that point is what they're they're concerned with. Um, but even then, it's not straight away into this thing's on his face. It's not straight into oh my god, there's a monster on board or whatever. Again, it still takes its time. There's questions to be asked. There's you know, Ash wants to do his studies. They're, they're talking about what they're going to do. And they're like, well, let's just get the ship back. You know, let's, let's get the ship back to the you know the rest of the the ship essentially. Um, while we figure out what we're doing and it's the you know the, yeah. the realization that when they try and cut it off and they cut the knuckle and this concentrated acid <laughs> leaves out and you just got a great idea what a great idea yeah. to, to have something that's up to that point we still don't know what it is or what it's going to do but it's relatively small it's you know it's enough to cover Kane's face but the fact that it's got acid in the body thinking well this that's just genius in itself yeah it is and i like the scene as well where they go in and and go a few uh floors below because mm. i think that's it's obviously as we see that initially we think fuck like yeah. that's another danger like get that on your skin or keep your hands away um but it's the fact that they take that time again ridley takes that time for us to go down and it's not just one it's not just two it like it makes it almost through three floors of of mm. um of metal or steel or whatever yeah. it is and um, i mean even get the pencil don't they that the borrow yeah. and he's, he's he's like uh, the captain's touching it and see how because obviously it's, it's stopped at that point yeah they're just kind of testing it out and uh, and I think again, it just adds to that realism, which um, that 2012 film—I forget. Pr- 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 I don't know what it is. Prometheus, yeah, that's the one. Um, probiotic. Yeah, that, that's the one. <laughs> probiotic. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. Um, it's that. It's the exact opposite. It's the exact of these guys. There is a scientist aboard, but it's about it's it's logic. Yeah. You're you're in space for a start. You're not on ground. You're in space. So yeah. you're a, you're a team. You're a crew. You've been through shit. Um, so safety is, which I guess, which again, which is really plays everything by the book, is is essential to survive together. Yeah. So this has just come through. They don't know what it is. It's attached to one of the crew members, and they take the time, which could be a mundane scene for some people, you know, for modern audiences. But for us, it's like it shows that this crew clearly are competent at the work. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I think little things like that, it, it's a, a cumulative effect that, that adds up that, again, where everyone was complaining about Prometheus, where people land on a planet, take their helmets off, or they start touching things and stuff. As an audience, you sit there, you just, it takes, it like swipes all believability away from it. Yeah. But no one really seems to give credit to the other side of that when people yeah. do put these scenes in place, which I think, yeah. again, it builds to making your characters believable. When a character stands there and is, is, is stood and getting a little bit of respite from having the raindrop on his face and to refreshing him himself, to me thinking, you've had this, 
you believe that he's weary and he's tired because all of his actions so far has been like like a real person. So yeah. you don't think, oh, you idiot, just look around or do this. You believe because you've seen the actions that they've been through. You've seen the actions that they've done and that they take. So when someone's weary or tired or is surprised, you genuinely do believe that is what's yeah. happened and not just like they are fodder to be wiped out. Yeah. Definitely. I think it was like earlier on to their reaction of when they're woken up and we realise that they're, they're not anywhere where they should be. They're a lot further away from Earth than what they should be at that point. Um, yeah. And the reaction is that, you know, it's a bit of like, oh, God, that's, it's almost like they just think, well, that's a bit of a ball ache. It's not, no one's panicked that they're off course or anything. It's just, no. you know, well, why are we here then? So Dallas talks to Mother, um, you know, ship's computer, and, and that's when they get about the, the the signal being intercepted. But they yeah. go and investigate anyway because they, they're getting paid regardless. You know, um, and it's, like you say, it just adds that layer of character to them. So when things do kick off, when the the face hugger has dropped off and everyone's rushing to see Kane because he's awake and yeah. they talk about how, how you're feeling and everything. And so what do you remember? And he just talks about sort of this like nightmare about being smothered and um you know so what what he was experiencing wasn't just he wasn't just asleep he wasn't unconscious it's like so the extra layer of not only is this thing doing whatever it was because at that point we don't know what it's done um was attached to him and that but he's he's still suffering for it in one respect it wasn't yeah it's very, it's very rapey isn't it like a lot oh, of the yeah. Geiger's designs yeah. anyway are very sexual aren't they and I think that like it's it's like very much like body violation isn't it like yes. yeah like it's yeah. like it's not just it doesn't just impregnate him and I mean a man being impregnated anyway but it's, it doesn't just do that it's the fact that it like it's through its, through its mouth it's very it's almost like very sexual isn't it and it stays yeah. there as well and it's like very yeah. personal very close and, and stuff yeah. so it is that like it is really uncomfortable as well so those undertones like play like just add that extra layer of again believability but again of like we you've you've got that extra additional sympathy for for Kane. we're not just intrigued to find out we're also worried for him as well yeah definitely mate and it's and i think it goes straight into up to that point it's relatively played safe it's mysterious but it's safe and then we get the dinner scene <laughs> um which again is just one of those another iconic moment um from yeah. you know from that movie and it's the whole you know everything seems fine and it's played for laughs it's played you know they're all in a joke you know they're saying that they're gonna have one last meal before they go back into stasis um you know and it's like and they're all laughing and joking and you know it's it, it's that whole sort of thing well the first thing i'm going to do when i get back is have some decent food and then there's that panic that all sort of choking effect and and, and yeah. but Parker, it's parker's first reaction is to go hey the food's not that, that bad yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know, it. and obviously, and then it, you know, he's they're putting the spoon in his mouth so he, he doesn't bite his tongue off, and you know, there's all that sort of concern. And then the chest burster comes out, which again, you know, the only thing we've seen so far is a face of it. So that going from this thing that's now dead yeah. to this thing burst out of his chest, looks at them and fucks off across the table. Yeah, yeah, and you, and. <laughs> And again, you, you know, mean it doesn't sing with the, with the top part? It does. Hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> what was this? Oh, no, not again. Not again. <laughs> God, um, this is so 
So yeah, it's yeah, it fucks off. And but I think Parker grabs her. He's got a, a his knife or his fork. You know, he's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, no, don't don't touch it. Um, yeah, well, is it is it um is it Veronica uh, Carr, right? It's like, oh god, that kind of thing. That's a natural real reaction because yeah, none of them knew it? what was happening apart from John Hurt, was it? Knew what would happen in that scene. <laughs> so I go and watch it with it's a friend ages shot. ago and he was like Yeah, because there was like that's really poor acting. I was like, What? I was like, You do realise that that's a natural reaction because she didn't know what was happening. I was yeah. like, not everyone's can scream on on, on you know, <laughs> like <laughs> like they're getting ready to warm up for opera. Like some people's reaction is to like revert into themselves and uh, uh, and withdraw, and yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. And it, and again, it's so iconic now that when you you're almost like uh, not us because we appreciate, it, and I don't just mean just us. I mean yeah. like not the fans they appreciate that, but it's almost like if you were to show a modern audience now, it's so ingrained into our film culture and stuff that. Um, and what, what's gone before and what's tried to replicate Alien after, is that it's almost like that is one of the biggest set pieces of the film. But like, if you yeah. were then trying to sell that one scene, this film on one scene, maybe audiences wouldn't be impressed. But again, these scenes really work because of how visceral they are yeah. and how everything's built up and how much we care about the character. But it works because um, like carefully the film's crafted up until that point, up until... Yeah. You you will know these people. You will get to know it. It's almost like it's like this is routine for these people. This is routine. We get to do this. We get to do that. We get to investigate a distress call. Oh, something's happened. Oh, that's not great. Oh, one of our members we found this weird thing. But then there's the logical approach to, like you said, we don't just start fighting. There's a weird alien on board. We try and attack it and everything. We go through again the the, the stage yeah. this crew logically should take. So again, it's that tension. It's that build up, and um, and. <laughs> And I just feel that again, this scene works because of that, because of everything that's come before it. And when you get these top ten lists, or you see these film reviews and they talk about breaking down the scene, yeah, I think that's, I think that's maybe. Again, I don't want to sound really superior about this, but I think that's maybe what some modern movie audiences, you know, like you, you I'm sure you know a few people that have maybe like few people younger than yourself even might be family members or whatever or you say oh watch this and they'll be like oh I didn't think it was that good or yeah it's a bit slow or oh that looks a bit but again the effects are fantastic the old old yeah. but it's not about that it's about the the pure um unexpectedness of it the pure terror the pure that the fact that they're totally out of debt uh, sorry out of their depth yeah and the fact is now like again we've now come to the part where wow <laughs> Most of them have fucked it. There's this yeah. little thing that they're going to catch, and they're so ill prepared to go and catch it. With the fact is, they probably would have more of a chance catching Jonesy when he first yeah. fucks off when they open the uh, the thing. So again, it's it, it never feels out of place. It's never it's, it's never like a spectacle to go. Oh, look at this! And then it like kind of the film is built around those set pieces. Yeah. Each set piece connects nicely together to continue the story if that makes sense yeah and it's, it's it's the beauty of it is is that you know they they like you said the logical steps is that they, they come up with this micro emitter that you know it's it's it measures changes in air density so that's it's only got a small range so yeah. and, and when they do go after it they've got a a, a very low voltage cattle prod um, <laughs> yeah a net you know and and this thing so you know they split off in teams and we follow is it Ripley, um, 
It's Ripley. Brett and Parker. Brett Parker, yeah. And it's the way that sort of they, they go off and, you know, Parker sort of accidentally, it, it's Jones, you know, they think he's let him go and it's, it's Jones, but it's all like, no, no, you need to go and get him. It's yeah. like you're saying it's only the cat, but you need to go and get him because, you know, it's, we need him out well, of yeah, 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 that's it. <laughs> and it's that beautiful, yeah. oh, going in where you said it, you said it earlier, it's a beautiful idea that he's, you know, he, he lets the, the water sort of drench over him, you know, he sort of, like you said, takes that moment to refresh himself, and yeah. and you get the idea that they're in the bowels of the ship, so it looks they are sweating. It's hot, it's grimy, um, yeah. but it's very dark. It's very just like a lot of browns and blacks and greys sort of textures and, and colours yeah. and stuff. Um, and the fact that, that but it's good for his character to see some light as well. Yeah, it's, that's the believable it, part about it. Yeah, it's, definitely, yeah, yeah. And but I think it's that first instance of when. When he's faced finally with the alien, you know, the, the last thing we saw was this tiny sort of um, also like yellow bone type colour thing covered yeah. in blood, so anyway. And this thing, which at, at one point, you know, it, it's, it's, there's a shot, I'm sure it's like it's attached to it, one, it chains or anything, but because you don't it's know what you're looking for. Cut, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know what you're looking for, so you wouldn't know to look. You know, unless obviously you've seen the creature later on, you, you don't know what you look for. So for this thing to sort of drop down and unfurl and then rise up and be like, you know, sort of like seven foot tall, and still not getting a not getting a glimpse at you know, only getting a little glimpse of it, and then the teeth goes yeah. that death grin, um, yeah. you know, and you just hear him, oh, <laughs> you know, sort of disappearing, yeah, and that's it, you know. It's, I mean that is that is absolutely fantastic the bit where because it is in the director's cut and I've watched that cut twice now and the theatrical cut yeah well I couldn't count how many times I watched the theatrical cut but um, and even then I was caught out by it because I was watching it and um, a couple of nights ago and um, as it's obviously swinging I was just again I I know what it is but I didn't just. I just like it just happens before your eyes it's just perfectly shot and blended in and then i was like what <laughs> i was like oh yeah of course i was and, and to me that's you imagine this is the first like you said the first time you see it you, you're not really like there's no like crescendo to build to, to go look at this and now you guys are in trouble your yeah. your characters are in trouble it's it's uh, again a, a real kind of the aliens clearly like watching its prey and yeah. and and it is that almost sense of extra sense of fear for an audience where you think, hang on a second, this predator's not just taking a chance and, and, and going for it. This predator's like, why isn't he doing that? He's he's like yeah. calculated, he's swift, he's 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 like almost like he's he's ice cool. You know, like the predator film obviously that will come later, um in the eight eighty seven maybe, is it? Yeah. Um yeah. it's that point again where you don't see a creature like a wild animal out of them. You see that it's calculated. It's it doesn't need to make the first move yeah. um, as soon as it sets foot on its prey. It's it's almost like it has the advantage because it is the perfect organism. Yeah, it definitely. knows exactly what it's doing, and yeah. it's and, and it's almost scarier for the because you just completely at that point know that there's no way that character's surviving. It, yeah. That, 
character does not know, like as an audience, we do not know what is about us. And and yeah, it's a it's just great night to 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 actually have a scene that is so good that like, I can't believe didn't make it to the theatrical court. It's it's just <laughs> perfect. Yeah, well, I say it, it's 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 just it's so. Again, it's like you said with Jaws. It's so sort of uh, the, the, everything's kept hidden, kept back, but for the benefit of the audience, because you're only getting glimpses yeah. of bits here and there and and whatever. And it's yeah, it it, it lets your imagination play with you know your fear sort of comes from your imagination but then to sort of move on to well you know so parker's uh sorry brett's is it brett? Oh, i can't remember it was getting mixed up <laughs> yeah um, brett, brett yeah brett's uh, yeah. Yeah. Standing in it, yes sure yeah so yeah. brett's brett's dead kane's dead um you know so the next thing is that they know it's using the air ducts to move around it, and that's that's what they figure out and and it's normally like Dallas is sort of um, as the captain you wouldn't normally think they put themselves in, in like a lot of films the, you know, the, the hero figure is the captain or whatever and they, they do put themselves in danger but when he goes into the, the air ducts and they start they have that plan to, to follow it and chase it around and everything I wouldn't at first viewing I would not have said that Dallas was going to die at that point no, it just same yeah. And the fact that again, all you see is the a great thing about his character is he's panicked when they start realizing yeah. he's, he's like he's confused. Oh, where do I go? I don't you know. He's, he doesn't know what to do with himself when he's trapped in that environment, and he, he's looking about and he, he there's a sheer panic to him. He's, yeah, he's really confident, yeah. which yeah. is such a beautiful character moment. It's you know because it, it very rarely happens yeah. in the film, and. Um, yeah, and then for it just to him turning around, and he he goes, he looks left, it's not there. He looks right, it's not there. He looks left again, it's there. But he just reaches out for him. You just yeah. reach out for him, and that's it. His line cuts dead, and it's only then when when and I find it when Alice is out of the way because Ripley's in charge and she wants answers, and she goes to mother and she gets the whole, um, yeah, yeah, the whole the, the crew's expendable and all that, and Ash finally reveals himself to be. On company orders, crew are expendable. Yeah. So yeah, and even to that point, you just think, well, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a dickhead. He's you know he's he's a really horrible yeah. shit. You know he's you can always see why he's sort of urged caution into not running around chasing after it. And it, you know, not obviously just because it's got acid for blood, it's highly dangerous. <laughs> but there's a there's another layer to it. But then he malfunctions. And you start, you think, hang on a minute, what the fuck is going on? You know, and it, it's only when when Parker, you know, knocks his head off. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's hanging, it's hanging behind, off and hanging yeah. behind him. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so good, and it's again, it's another iconic moment. You just, it, it completely blows your expectations because you know you. At that point, when you know Parker grabs the the, the fire extinguisher and swings for him, you think, "Oh, he's going to fall over dead." That's that'll be the end of Ash. But no, it's this, again, it's another twist. It's another layer, and the fact that they get to speak to him again once his head's his head's off, yeah, you know, and he's <laughs> he's very honest then because it's sort of his face with, I'd say, his own mortality. Whether you call that for, you know. For an android, I don't know, but you know, when it's sort of faced with that, that he's like, you know, it is the perfect organism, you know, again, he, yeah. he reiterates all that, and then it's like, 
oh, I don't like your chances. And he smiles. Yeah, yeah, for sympathies, is it, or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he says you admire it, doesn't he? And he says is yeah. it, he admires its purity, something yeah. like that, like how efficient it is. Yeah, it's, something he, yeah. He, you know, he's probably classing himself because of the advancement of AI. If he's saying I admire its purity, then obviously there's a, there's a, a layer of either resentment or jealousy. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, I think that's what plays in with Bishop in Aliens, is that Bishop seems less human than yeah. what Ash, you know, Ash was put in there. Um, he as, infiltrated the crew, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. And it's whereas Bishop is very more reserved. He's a bit like, <laughs> I think he's a bit like a like an Alfred character, he's a bit like a Butler character. He sort of goes around he and he's just very easy. He doesn't want to upset anyone. He's very polite and yeah. you know. Whereas you know Ash is just again for all intents purposes he's one of the guys. He's one of the crew. Um, you know, but they do say, don't they? So like they said, we worked with him before to Dallas earlier on, and yeah. I think did say he was a, a last minute replacement or yeah, yeah, I think it is, yeah. Like so you know that's gone, and then you know, they decide to blow up the ship and and go for the uh, the shuttle. Um, but it gets in, you know, it gets uh, Lambert, um, which is one of those moments that I think. Watching it with my partner, and when Lambert's just stood there, sort of shaking, going, Oh, God, okay, you know, doing all that sort mm -hmm. of thing, crying and everything. Um, you know, Beck was like, well, Why don't she just move? Why don't she run away? But I think the <laughs> fact that she's completely taken by fear, yeah. and then you get the weird, you know, its tail sort of moves up between her legs, yeah. And so, you don't again, you don't know what it's doing. Um, so then Parker intervenes yeah. um, and gets a very gruesome end yeah. um, in a jaw, I think, isn't it? It's it, uh, yeah. his skull, I think. But, um, yeah. but over the... Ripley's listening to them over the comm, isn't she? Yeah, because she's racing towards them, isn't she, to try yeah. and intervene, yeah, yeah. But you just get a weird, horrible scream and heavy breathing. Yeah, and then it sort of all cuts out, and it's again you don't know what it's doing to him at that point. No, it's, yeah, it's so good. It, I find that you're right though about that because um, my wife she did the same. She was like, "Well, that's pathetic." Not again, just from a character point. You're not saying the film, but like we're almost. <laughs> it's really difficult because obviously things do change, and we. As our expectations change, we expect uh, added level of realism. And this is not going back to to say that older films don't have enough realism, but you, you'd assume, just from just applying some logic, you'd assume that if someone you'd never heard of a film and someone said to you, hi, look at these things, we've had them since, you know, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, yeah. you would expect at some point the films to get better and better. And we've at a stage now almost where actually we have a certain film that elevates far above whatever genre it is, and it's a perfect example of it, and they've, they've, they've stayed the test of time. Yeah. So with certain things, we, you know, some audiences might not be able to relate to that again, but actually from my point of view, I think that's one of the things now that we don't actually see things like that in modern cinema. We don't see people completely frozen by fear. 
yeah. we do get the um, almost like self-aware like films like Scream where they're always like you, people in horror films run out the window run upstairs instead of out the yeah. window or out the door or whatever but actually do we ever see things that people can be frozen by fear because yeah. Lambert I always felt was on there to be um, part of the crew because she's very intelligent and, and obviously had, a, a, had her own role within there but she's the first to complain about everything she slaps yeah. um ripley knowing ripley's done a job yeah. and she still holds that grudge even though the fact that um ash let them back on board when this thing bursts out kane's chest um she's like oh my god she's behind and i'm not saying that's not a situation that me or you might not react that way but everyone yeah. seems to get their shit together to a certain point of view to either yeah. find it or to move forward. She's the one that is quite meek and mild-mannered. And I think that it's like watching these films, you know, like when you get two guys face off with guns and you're like, I'd just shoot them first. The fact is, is that your own your own preservation for your own life has to kick in at some point. And if you stood there with a seven or eight foot creature in front of you that's just murdered nearly all the crew, I would be thinking, one move I make, that thing's on top of me. Yeah. You yeah. just genuinely would not know what to do, would you? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's designed to be pure nightmare fuel. That's the thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I think modern modern filmmakers, especially sort of more films that are out there for the quick dollar, um, you know, you might have turned around and extended that word. You know, they'd have been a, a, a you know a tire iron or a, you know a, a massive wrench sort of place yeah. like oh, you see a edge in you know edge in a way and like oh I'll just reach that yeah. Smack it over the head, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and but yeah, it's just that it's it, it it plays really well. She's she's completely terrified. We don't know what it's doing to her, um, and again, that adds to that fear that you know that terror that you you, you only got your imagination to go on, and then we sort of reached that that last bit where originally. You know, the script was going to end with Ripley getting onto the shuttle, the Narcissus shuttle. Yeah. Um, and the, the Nostromo was going to blow up. And that was that. Was that. But it was Ridley Scott who came up the that fourth act yeah. and, you know, asked for some more money. Um, and thank God, because it just, again, you, you get that point where you believe everything is safe. You believe, you know, Ripley's in the shuttle, she puts Jonesy down, she gets sorted out, she, you know, she's getting ready for her sleep and, you know, and it's that whole sort of, a lot of films, especially older films, do tend to have your resolution, and we talked about this before, I think, where you have your resolution and end, that's it, roll credits. There's no yeah. epilogue or there's no sort of afterthought, you know, like Return of the King where you have 12 endings, <laughs> you know, and that sort of thing. Um, and it, you know, it's, things get to a natural progression, and a lot of older films think, well, we can't really take it anywhere else, so that's it, you know, finish, you know, bad guys be shot there, especially the westerns, shoot the bad guy, end credits. Yeah. You know, so the end credits creep up, and then they sh- just before they've shot, and then they have to go back down, <laughs> and then go back up again. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, fuck off. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is, to have her going around, you think, oh, we're just getting into that bit, you know, we're going to have like a little epilogue where she's going to get safe, we're going to see her, get in the chamber, End credits. Well, hang on a minute. What's this? She's getting set up. She's, you know, and it's the fact that, again, because the way the design is, you don't notice the alien sleeping yeah. amongst the, you know, the pipe work and everything. Um, 
the fact that it's been clever enough to to go and sleep in there and, you know is it by design this creature's gone into the shuttle is it yeah you know is it aware of what it's doing for survival yeah. or is it just common is it, you know um and the fact that she's as soon as it reaches out, that hand comes out, that sort of jump scare and everything. Yeah. It's, sort of, it's almost yawns, doesn't it? It opens its mouth and the jaw comes out, opens, yeah. it stretches a bit, comes back in. And she gets into the uh, singing that little... Like, she's panicked as well. She starts singing that Lucky Star sound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like a nursery rhyme. She's climbing into the spacesuit. Uh, and yeah, that's sort of brilliant confrontation. She slams the, the button, it, it gasses it out, and it scrambles, doesn't it? It doesn't just climb it does. out. Yeah. It fucking crackers. You know, opens the airlock, bang, out it goes. Still not over. No. She climbs into the engine and she, you know, she blasts it with the engine, but it, it flies out from the engine. Again, it's another layer where it doesn't get burnt up, it doesn't no. melt away or anything. It sort of falls out into space is it alive is it dead yeah. you don't just don't know which i think is a, a lot better ending than ridley scott's proposed ending and um, where it bit ripley's head off and spoke in her voice that it was coming home um yeah yeah i think you know, that would have been it's, it's a you know it's a fair idea it'd be interesting another another layer of mystery to the alien yeah but Kind of takes away from it being a pure perfect organism, doesn't it? A little yeah. bit. It almost feels like, um, to me, the ending. What would have been ideal if they wanted something like that would have been Ash to have survived, yeah, intact, and to have killed Ripley when she, Ash to have been on board and killed Ripley and almost brought the creature back, subdued the creature, yeah. helped Ripley to subdue it. You think yeah. the robots learned his ways? He actually gets rid of. Ripley, and then he says, "We're bringing it home." That kind yeah. of thing would have worked for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I get not saying that I'd want, wanted that. I think because I think this is just um, it's perfect, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. great. Um, but I think yeah, having the alien speak might have just taken it a little bit. Again, touching on those like fifties kind of B movie. Suddenly, yeah. this creature can yeah. talk, and we it's you know just a bit of a coincidence kind of thing. Again, like it's a fair idea, very interesting idea, um, but I think that it'd be just been a bit of a waste of a, a good development of uh, Ripley. Yeah, and, and in our current climate, this is what I'd call a true strong female character. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, she goes from a, 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 a. Again, it's hard to initially like getting to know Ripley. It's hard to like her fully because yeah. she's very bailable. Yeah, and some people are like that. Some people don't. We we used to in films liking a rogue character or you know a, a, a you know someone who's a well, pure escapism, old. isn't it? That yeah. you you know yeah. you can't do that. If you go into your work and tell your boss to fuck off, you're yeah. not going to survive long, are you? There. So you yeah. do like that those little rebels that you think yeah. that you know that break away from kind of like what we can get away with in real life. But I don't find it's... Ripley. Um, terrible at all um or i know you're not saying you did at all but i mean i never found her to the point where i've, I've read that some people have like like the total shock that she turns out to be the main um, protagonist because of how unlikable she's i never found that i just found the fact that i found like me telling her in my head to fuck off because those two guys were funny and yeah. relatable that's yeah. all i never found her like to be awful or anything well, like that all- and that's the genius of casting, you know, and that's the trust really Scott puts in his casting directors that, you know, with them saying that these are unisex characters and that they chose Sigourney Weaver, they chose that actress for that role 
regardless of what gender she was going to be, mm-hmm. what, you know, what gender Ripley was going to be, sorry. Um, again, it's testament to Sigourney Weaver as an actress carrying that role, regardless of what her identity was at the scripting yeah. stage. You know, and, yeah. and you know, it could have been easily been a, a male centric movie. Like I said, it could have been Dallas who survived at the end. It could have been, you know, yeah. you switch roles around. It could have been John Hurt playing Ripley, and yeah. Sigourney Weaver could have been Kane. You know, you yeah. could have killed her off in the, you know, whatever. But it's you know, it's such a a a, a great move. To cast her, yeah. I think when we, we're banding around, there's been a lot of this. I always say we never get. In, I don't want to get into sort of the politics of things, but there's been a lot of stuff banded about about sort of strong female characters. And you're very, very right. You know, it's you know, before. I think was it just the, the year before we got Laurie Strode. Um, we did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've 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 started that, and I'm not saying there weren't strong female characters in. In other films before, but by any means, you know, there's always no, no, been. Of course. But this is the first time I remember, um, in in my very young memory, that the lead was a female who got who survived to the end. It wasn't because yeah. you know my, my knowledge of films at the time um, was very limited. So yeah, of course, you didn't tend to see you know, growing up when we did. A lot of films would have been female characters either damsels in distress or, you know, sort of cocky mouthed, you know, sort of like, you know, heroines who, you know, but they always yeah. hung on like the side of the main hero. So to have to have that and it'd be a, a very serious role as well. It wasn't she yeah. wasn't hokey, she wasn't you know, she didn't become like a female sort of uh an over the top yeah, she didn't kill the shit out of it, did she? She, no, she used a brain and she used a, a knowledge of what a character would know to to yeah. to, to defeat. To, she basically knew the layout of the ship and used the surroundings and environment to, to uh, get the better of this creature. She didn't suddenly like start shooting the shit out of it, did she? Yeah, that's and, it, yeah. Which goes back to her character throughout the entire thing, that she's very by the book. So she would know what these buttons in the shell do. She would know what yeah. you know, where things are and, and that. And it's, yeah. you know... It's such a good call. And it makes us fear it, doesn't it? Because where she's on the seat and she's sat waiting for it to get behind her to perfect position. And then she does that little turn and she like lets that little scream out because it's yeah. so close. And it adds to that tension of the fact that she knows that it's... She doesn't know how quick it moves yet. She knows she knows obviously how, how dangerous it is, but she doesn't... Like, she barely knows shit about it. And and that from an audience perspective is quite scary, and and, yeah. and it, from a direct directing um, point of view, it's uh, it's just it's just really good because it's it's that point again where we've seen the the, the creature now, so you've got all that suspense, all that imagination yeah. that's gone by the wayside, and we're still trying to figure out because again we don't see it, we're still seeing it like curled up like you said, and we've we're seeing it like slink down onto the floor after she's sprayed the you know sprayed it to get out of position but we still it's still framed really really well that we see it in, from certain points of view and it, 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 like off off not off screen but like the angle's kind of off all the time or it's so quick it's yeah. just getting into position so i think like from that perspective it works for a character like you said because it's that intelligence it's that everyday hero nobody's going to pick up a crowbar like you said or a wrench and smack it on the face she's not going to outstrength it she's got to outthink it and just it's on her terms and i thought you said going back to her character it it fits that and it also fits the 
getting squeezing more tension out of the alien even though that we've now seen exactly what it looks like so it just works yeah. on every every level for me it's perfect and, and it's nice that it hit a time pre one-liner as well you know ripley didn't need a a one-liner it's not like you know like end of end of terminator which again is just a phenomenal film with a strong another strong female lead in it yeah. but you get sarah connor and you're terminator fucker um yeah you know, and you, and yeah he's sort of building up and very typical of the 80s to throw in wouldn't you have liked wouldn't you have liked um arnold schwarzenegger i need my space <laughs> <laughs> That is genius. Probably not. <laughs> it's genius. Oh, completely different movie. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do it, do it now. Get out the airlock. Brilliant. Oh, mate. Oh, alien science. Sorry, sorry. A massive tangent now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I yeah, don't. It's... I don't like to get into the politics of it, mate. But I think the current state of of the diversity train that Hollywood wants to almost reinvent and be <laughs> almost like rewrite history that we suddenly need to have all these strong female characters because we've never had them. Just a detracts from how perfect these, these characters and how great these characters were, but also shows a little bit of sadness because it's like they can't really match what's happened before. This is the thing, yeah, you're right. And it, I think it, it comes into modern filmmaking as well, where they, they it's almost not like the because modern filmmakers and modern studio, you know, the studios are very aware that times have changed, and you know, but instead of trying something new or pushing the you know these thing these things into the right way, you get stuff like Alien Covenant, where Catherine Watson and she's a she's a great actress, she's really yeah. a really really good actress, but she's so. Ripley, yeah, you know, before she's, mm. yeah, you know, I think Alien Covenant wasn't very much a, a greatest hits or tried to be a greatest hits of the Alien franchise. Absolutely. And I think I'm sure we'll probably cover this at some point in the future. But Catherine Watson, you know, she starts off very much like Ripley did, you know, at the start in, in Alien. But yeah. then towards the end, when she, it's the fan, she's in a white vest top, yeah. You know, throw guns in, and, and she becomes Ripley from Aliens. So rather than being a, her own thing, they just went, oh, well, peep. Ripley was iconic for this in Alien. Ripley was extremely iconic in the you know, in Aliens for these yeah. reasons. Let's dress her in the same. Let's give her a short haircut. Yeah. Yeah. And again... And it's sad, than, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is because there's, there must be countless scripts, unproduced scripts, Playing about, yeah, I think they have a, a, a list, don't they? It's like um, the greatest unproduced script. Yeah. They're still they're sat in studios, and it's, it's scripts that have been bought early on because they were really good, but people just don't quite know when the right time to put them yeah. in production or, or whatever. Um, and there must be, you know, hundreds of thousands of scripts floating around there that are just dying to be made that have original characters in, or yeah. almost original characters, yet we're sort of stuck with the same. You know, it might be 30 years down the line, but I don't need to see, you know, alien redux. I don't need to see. No. And I just find it really, I think it's pathetic, such a strong word, but I find it pathetic that, like, it almost fails to respect its, the, its own franchise. It's like 
look, look, we'll, we, what we'll do is we'll try and subconsciously, like you said, dress this character, revisit the greatest hits yeah. so that we can, that it's again, it's familiar. The audience can feel familiar. They might not recognise it, but it'll feel familiar and natural in this franchise. Yeah. So it's almost will trick them into liking her. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it totally disrespects what's what's come before it because it's almost like it's not about Ripley, it's not about Ripley, it's not about Ripley. Look, but then actually, it is all about Ripley. It's like, don't yeah. look at Ripley, don't look at Ripley. It's like the ex girlfriend that's like, my ex boyfriend, I'm gonna love him, I'm gonna love him, I'm gonna love him, I'm loving. Him. It's not about see, I, see how much I don't care about the ex. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm doing this because of the ex. It's almost <laughs> like the entire main character from this is like from the way she dresses from the way she acts is because they just don't want you to remember ripley almost but then yeah. they want you to because then you can get the iconic imagery in your head and you can subconsciously like that character without the yeah. work going in where Sigourney weaver had none of that she yeah. didn't even have a she didn't have any like nice character moments where or somebody finds out oh yeah she's okay she's a she's a lovely person or look at this it was like no actually some of you might think she's a bit of a tool <laughs> it was her actions that that you that you, yeah. stopped, that, that you liked before she got shit done <laughs> but that's it and i think that's the testament to doing aliens because you wouldn't expect naturally a sequel off of alien i mean there was a bit of a problem with uh, like the rights and stuff like that. fox were like there's yeah. some contract issues which prevented alien 2 from going into production straight away so i don't think it was greenlit until 83 um and then we didn't get it till 86 anyway but which is a decent amount of time for audiences to to have that gap and and, and you yeah. know so we ever did a lot of great things obviously ghostbusters and you know she did working girl and, and all these different sort of yeah. jobs prior to that so again it's it, and i can't wait to do aliens in a few no, I, I, I can't again, wait it's just a completely different monster yeah. isn't it it's just completely well, it's different. the way to do a sequel isn't it oh yeah completely it's to, it's to, it's to respect the lord to respect the uh, characters what's come before but do something different yeah completely yeah it's fantastic it's, it's not a, like a it was a spaceship now it's a shed alien too <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it it's yeah it's, it's just brilliant mate it is it's you know and it's such a good film i, I would like because we, we tend to say this at the start and i think we missed out on this one uh, but when did you see it first what was your what's your earliest memory of alien i think mm. i must have been around 15 16 um yeah and i think like you i think i would have been like um and i'm glad i actually didn't see it younger i'm glad i um wait because i said before haven't I? i've not uh, i was never such a massive horror fan as a youngster i know that some people like when they get to seven or eight they're like oh my god i want to watch it and stuff like my um my parents were never really into like hammer horror stuff like that they were more into modern horror um, yeah. and i don't know i don't know why that is i don't know if that maybe they were at the time it's just maybe another conversation we've never really had that's all um and so I think like we got Sky Movies and like when I was like 14, 15, three channels, like movies yeah. gold and, and stuff. Yeah. I think the first horror film I watched was Fright Night and oh, loved that yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. And um, and obviously I think like saying like Star Wars around the same time, I was obviously watching films up until then, but then it, that was the age where it was, I knew what it is, what it's, it was like an industry I'd want to study closer or yeah. get into, whether it be a hobby, uh, um, a career or anything. And I think that I must have known some of the scenes and, and be aware of them and, of, and stuff. But 
I can remember just sitting and watching it on Sky Movies and thinking, I need to really sit and watch this. And I can remember speaking yeah. to a friend and they said, yeah, it's all right. And I was, and it disappointed me. I was like, oh, all right, this is alien. I keep hearing nothing but good things about yeah. it. My dad said it's really good. And do you know what I mean? And stuff, and I'm going to watch it tonight. And like, because I used to, um, the certain friend, and I, we, I got to the point where I knew I'd really enjoy a film if he really hated it. Yeah. So we'd, we'd, we'd like leave school, we'd go in, we'd often either go to the park or we'd go and play football on the, on the old park um, together. And I always used to leave early to get home to, to have me tea and then to yeah. uh, get a couple of movies on. So I'd be up till about like one o'clock watching a good couple of movies. And Alien, I watched, I just couldn't believe the quality of it. It's like, obviously I'm talking about like maybe 93, 94, 94, 95, something like that. So yeah. obviously it's still, you know, it's still a, a good amount of time has passed from 79. And I was just thought, wow, this is the greatest spaceship I've ever seen. And this is, look at all these guys that look like, or, and all these women that look like dirty and grotty and yeah. like believable, but that they do look like they've been working away. And, yeah. and I was just blown away mm. by it. And, um, and I can remember speaking to my dad about it the next day saying how much I enjoyed it. And he was like, yeah, it's a good film, isn't it? And he told me then that he watched it on video after it came out. And then he said, but I think you might like Aliens better. <laughs> and then obviously I proceeded to watch that the next yeah. night with him. So, really? um, yeah, so it was, a, I'm probably happy though that I didn't watch it any younger because I appreciated, I wasn't bored through it. I wasn't going to be one of those annoying kids that wanted everything to happen. I was just old enough to appreciate like yeah. the tension and the build up and, and stuff so yeah i think that was that would be my first um my first, i think i was always aware of like were there any action figures did were you aware of any action figures um, i was aware I was, of like terminator predator robocop stuff yeah. like that i remember our mutual friend slacky um had a lot of the stuff that from aliens um i think had a conversation with slacky yeah, about, yeah like um yeah snake alien and a panther alien and a flying alien queen you know <laughs> things and also there were there were figures out there but they were all you know because Ridley Scott did say you know it, one of the, the laws of alien was that it takes from its host it know, takes so, characteristics doesn't it yeah yeah from yeah so that's so yeah. The toy companies ran with that and they really really ran with it there's scorpion alien and all sorts of <laughs> random stuff they were all with you know different colors and you know, multicolored and stuff like that. But you know, but yes, there was there was an in when Alien came out. I think Kenner did a a, a big doll. Um, there was a a model kit, um, and I think there was a board game where you were the, the crew and you the crew had to get to the the shuttle, the, the escape shuttle, awesome. um, and that. But uh, uh, yes, it was it limited, but you know it. it there was there was stuff out there. Yeah. Did you um so. did you ever play the Alien Three video game on the Genesis or Mega Drive, depending I where you come the from? Alien Trilogy game on the PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation, one. yeah. Yeah, see, I played the. Um, I'm going to YouTube that tonight just to watch someone play that because that as I did play that as well. That and the Die Hard trilogy, I think they had on yeah. roughly around the same time. Um, but I can remember getting Alien Three for. For the uh yeah for the mega drive and it was this um which is which is bizarre obviously because you've got a gun straight away and you're ripley with yeah. this shaved dead and stuff but you started the level like 
on the on the planet, not in the prison or establishment or whatever. And it was almost like um, left to right, side scrolling, shooting aliens, one it explode the aliens. So there's a lot of aliens. Um, and then it was almost became not a puzzle, but like where you had like ladders up and down and everywhere in pipes and stuff. And it was obviously very difficult for me at the time to play it, but it just had this kind of creeping atmosphere about it. So I think I even wonder if I'd played that before I'd sat and Maybe, watched. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, because I know there was an arcade, a few arcade mm, games yeah. that were pretty good as well. Like looking yeah. back later in like late 90s when I were. 16, 17, yeah. and, and, and been able to, like, if we went, like, pop to the seaside or anything like that, I'd be like, that's Alien, that's Terminator 2, like, right, I'm going to go on that and, 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 and like, intentionally look for those um, arcade yeah. cabinets. So so what about you? Can you remember your first time? Oh, yeah. 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 I do, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it's my, my, my dad again. My dad's, I was my, just going to ask if it was. It's my movie hero, yeah. yeah I was poorly. <laughs> I, um, I was off school. And I think my dad must have been working nights because he was he was off that day, or you know he'd, he'd been to bed and he was getting up. And um, I think my gran had to go out shopping or something like that. So my dad came and uh, sat with me and he, he said, "Well, watch this," because obviously back then you used to record everything off the TV. You just you know, yeah, yeah, take everything off the TV. My and favorite put, VHS at home was. Uh, what my dad recorded was the Delta Force with Monster oh. Squad following it. <laughs> Delta Force. Can you imagine those two as a mashup? That'd be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> the Delta, Delta Squad. Yeah. <laughs> the Monster Force. Monster Force. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. I was. The, the, it's such a vivid memory of um, watching anything. And obviously, being a kid, I was about seven, seven or eight. Yeah. Um, and. I said being poorly, so the only thing I could eat was soup. The only soup we had in was vegetable soup, and it's this is how vivid it is. I remember eating, <laughs> and the face had it on Jonathan's face. And being a kid, you do ask questions, and of course you do, yeah. And yeah, I say, oh, Dad, what's what's that? Oh, it's it's putting an egg in him. So what do you mean? So it's putting an egg down his throat. And he was telling me this while I was eating this vegetable soup, and there was <laughs> honestly massive pea oh, in this man. soup. That at the moment he was telling me it went down oh, and it, no. it got it went down really slow and my dad was telling me that this thing was putting a, <laughs> you know, an egg inside his throat you know, this guy's throat and i just freaked <laughs> i was like <laughs> and my dad was just, so like nonchalant it just like, inside yeah probably yeah probably was probably laughing his head off but he'd probably just turn around and go <laughs> stop, stop being stupid <laughs> watch that sure old um, but that was yeah that's my first first memory watching what, um, when was that i know you said you were at school but can you remember what, would it have been the roughly the same time as me maybe midnight is or eight. yeah i was eight so um early 90s so you might have seen it actually just before me though yeah 92 yeah, 91, 92, yeah. Because we went to... Yeah, that would have been later than that, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, it was just before Alien 3 came out, because we it's random, completely off, 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 almost off topic, but we went abroad to, like, Grand Canaria, and they used to show films in bars back then. Oh, yeah, I watched Titanic. Well, I say watched Titanic, yeah. and my dad went and actually tried to drown ourselves while the rest of the family watched Titanic. <laughs> but it was just one of those things, you just went in a bar, you had your meal and you had your drinks while a big screen yeah. was playing a film yeah. that hadn't been out in a lot of other places at that point. Yeah. Um, and it was Alien 3, and we sat and watched it from start to finish. Uh, 
Yeah, no, um, I, I do remember that. I, I know that's a bit of a, a tangent, but I do remember going to Cyprus for my uncle's um, wedding and me and my dad on the first night watching the X-Files movie. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy kept trying to talk to my dad, and he was just like, like, talking to me, watching Italian. My dad, like, trying to explain to this foreign guy, obviously, like, he's watching this film. He's not interested. This guy was like, you know, but it's like, I'm not interested. (laughs) And then, obviously, I remember Titanic, everyone being obsessed. I, I was glad I was away. Because obviously the amount of hysteria that surrounds that film, where I'm not saying James Cameron's not a genius, he is, but I do think Titanic, almost like Fifty Shades of Grey recently and stuff, I think people just got swept up in that film. Unfortunately, swept up and survived, not swept up and taken with them. Um, <laughs> um, but I can remember again Titanic, and my dad was like, "There's some football, and you want to watch it?" And I just went, "Dad, who is it?" And he went, "It's not, it's not Titanic." And we was like, "Gone." <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, bless you. <laughs> uh-huh. So, but um, yeah, I, I miss that. I think they should do that more. Yeah, legal films, <laughs> legal, <laughs> legal um, broadcasts, showings, viewings of films. Yeah, would be good actually to have a. Do you think? That, in fact, I think that'd be a dream to have a to own a bar where you where you get attract the right type of clientele to to yeah. sit there and and be able to yeah. for them to watch something and as a group like maybe new yeah. things like um also to appreciate the older stuff to not have like dickheads coming in and ruin the experience yeah. and to that, that's a pipe dream for me <laughs> <laughs> so so overall then your 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 final thoughts anything that you've you've noticed on re-watching it or anything you'd, you'd tell anybody watching it's, it at home it's just a great film it's just it's, it's a film to lose yourself in and, and it's it's a it, it's so easy to appreciate yeah. everything that's going on i don't think there's not a, a moment a moment lost um and it's 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 aged beautifully and it will continue to age beautifully and it's it's, it's going to be it's, yeah it'll be forever classic that's, yeah. that's it yeah. there's a few films i put in there that i think age better than fine wine and i always think like um the majority of the indie films so like raiders and, and last yeah. crusade um Star Wars original trilogy, yeah. Jaws, this, um, test of time. It's a snapshot yeah. of that time, but the quality of the film and the quality of the of the shots, the quality of of just individual acting and and, and scenes, like it's it's almost like you're opening up a photo album. So it's yeah. like it's almost physically there. It works. It's almost like. Um, I always say, <coughs> excuse me, you know, with the, like the, the Blu-ray release of um, of indie, the indie uh, yeah. films, and same with Alien, same with, with these films. You put them on and you're like, yeah, some things obviously you can tell it was made a while ago. Like with the computers, they might now, if, if it was made 10 years ago, they might have like add slightly more. They might have gone, we'll actually have up-to-date computers yeah. or, or something like different with the lighting. But the, for the majority of the film, it's... I always say it looks like it was made yesterday. Same with the original Star Wars trilogy. You watch that 4K Blu-ray, looks like it was made yesterday. You know, Jones yeah. film stuff yeah. like that. It, it's and I think there's there's only probably maybe ten films I could maybe fit onto that kind of um, 
categorized as, as yeah. they were made yesterday they were like and and you were right it just it just ages perfectly mm. and yeah. my last thought is not really about the film it's more about the universe is the fact that number one how many clones <laughs> how many you know how many copycats it created yeah and also have you played alien isolation the game that came no, out i've got it and I played the first 40 minutes till the alien came and then I shit myself and have not played it since. <laughs> and that's not a lie. It's almost like being put into, it's almost like watching the film in virtuality, the first one. Yeah. And, and so obviously, um, I, you know, knowing that you've not played it, I've not played it. I will get around to playing it. Um, but I just couldn't believe that the story takes place after... Uh, like five, three years after yeah. the events of Alien, and you play as Ripley's daughter, and they took and something to say the fact that it's first person, you don't get to see your character only in certain points, and they took the actress that played, they took a mixture of the actress that played Sigourney Weaver's daughter in Aliens. Yeah. They said this is what they've said. I'm not sure the intricate details, and they took actually Sigourney Weaver's daughter and merged the two. Really? So, yeah, there's that level, and there's also DLC where each character has been created from um, the captain Tom Skerritt all the way through. And the graphics are beautiful. What they've done yeah. to each crew member. There's like a little DLC, and you have to escape, do the last mission from Alien. Yeah. So um, it's stuff I'm going to try and play because it's like five pounds now, which I think is a bargain for it. But I think just again that this conversation is to just show how rich from like such a standalone, like you said, a few sets. Like we don't know much about the universe, but it's cr still today's created a franchise, and yeah. still today it's created probably the scariest horror game that's currently out. Yeah. To this, one of the scariest space films that's ever out to a host of copycats. Its influence just doesn't wane. No, definitely. Definitely not. So, yeah, so I'd just say watch it or play the game. So, yeah. 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 That's how I'd say. So, um, I would give it, you know, again, we've got probably in our short time, <laughs> we've, we've gone through quite a few classic films. Yeah, so yeah. I, would, I would give it five. Alien mouth penises out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It, it is. Awesome. It, it's classic. It's yeah. you know. I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah. Can't really. Um, oh, I would like to say, I'm. I obviously not wanting to speak too much about personal life and stuff, but I would say that I worked for an housing organisation for a charity um, from 2013 to 2018 and I had to go to the out in the community to see some younger people and, and help them sort out the rent and stuff and every time I went to this one guy's house every two weeks he watched Alien and it got really? to a point where, where yeah where it was amazing because it was only like 19, 20 and I said to him you watch this film and nearly every time I come around and he was like it's just beautiful to look at and I'm glad I remember to tell you that because it just gives me hope for future generations that yeah. it doesn't matter when a film's made like oh it's before my time or I wasn't born it's it you know it was just without honestly I was like is this your favorite film and he was like well yeah I've been watching it like I've just got the collection I've been watching it like every week for the past year because I can just I can just sit and enjoy it and get lost and I was like that's incredible that's amazing yeah, yeah. So, I've never told you that, but I wanted to because yeah, I know yeah. obviously how much you uh, care about the film and stuff. So yeah. there is hope. There is hope for them. <laughs> so, um, have you got a uh, 
a teaser for next next episode. Yeah, well, before um, before uh, King Arthur, before Chainsaw Over a Hand, before a, a laughing deer's head, <laughs> <laughs> there was a little tiny cabin in the woods. And a couple of friends went to a little cabin in the woods and some serious shit went down. Oh, that involved some plasticine. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, don't miss Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> so, um, thanks for watching again, as, as always. Yes. And thank you very much for taking part and uh, reliving Alien with me. Um, if you guys could like, like the video or subscribe. Um, yeah like if you've enjoyed it because it does help obviously with youtube's algorithms it does push it up to other people that might be interested in watching alien but don't know we're out there so we'd really appreciate that um subscribe if you like what we're doing don't forget you can make suggestions to us like if yep. you like the video or comment on the video we will respond and we will if you ask for a certain film or, or anything completely to watch... disregard anything you've said <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah as always follow our instagram um Facebook, Twitter, where we post news. Um, we often follow some, like, at the minute, we're following some of the, like, gaming events, aren't we? Because, obviously, the, the two new consoles are starting yeah. to get launched this um, this uh, winter, this holiday season, yeah. whatever. So we do like to mix in all content. And, obviously, like, we will have some different kind of videos coming soon and stuff. But, yeah. obviously, the podcast, what we like doing, we love movies. We love to talk about movies. We love movies. And we love to talk about movies. And we love to talk about movies more than we do anything else. So, Of course, we love each other. We do. We do. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a nicer love story than Titanic. <laughs> the fact that not one of us had... Um, I don't know. <laughs> Be selfless enough to drown and leave the other one alone. <laughs> so, yeah, no, thanks for watching, guys. And, yeah, so as you've probably guessed what we're doing next week, but you'll still have to see the little title card afterwards. So, yeah, um, yeah it's just left me to say thank you very much, mate. And uh, yeah. see you next time. Yeah, see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.